so yeah, I, I guess you can probably guess where I'm going with this. I mean, within recent memory alone, we've had 2016, the Panama Papers, 2017, the Paradise Papers, 2021, Pandora Papers. So the Caribbean is an offshore jurisdiction as a whole. I know that they're very different and independent jurisdictions, but in the mind of, uh, of other geographies, they see it as one amorphous space. Yeah. And, and it, the, the, the impact on reputation has been severe, has, has been incredibly severe. And one can argue that it doesn't show any, any signs of, of, of turning around itself. Because even though, you know, I just noticed that in the, in the, in the press coverage of the FTX situation, and again, I don't want to cast aspersions because it's, it's subject to review and, you know, there's an independent investigation and so on going, for, going on. But there is a sense that things weren't quite correct. And as part of that reporting, they never failed to mention that he was in the Caribbean. Hmm. And as if, as if somehow being located in the Caribbean made, created a predisposition for irregularities. You know, the, why, why wasn't he on shore? He's American, his team, his leadership team, all American. Why didn't they come on shore? They went to the Caribbean for a reason. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, and it just seems. And and some and some parts of the Caribbean uh, have been damaged irreparably. I think, and again, I'm not casting aspersions, just anecdotally, of, of course, thinking of like Belize and Panama as a jurisdiction. Yes, you can you can create entities, but good luck in finding a reputable bank willing to deal with them. And that that contagion uh, is, you know, I guess as someone with an interest in the jurisdiction, it just seems to me cause for concern. <clears throat> And if it is, okay, so their regulation is relatively fresh on the books. And looking at it, it we know, or, I mean, we don't know, but we can speculate that it has no teeth in the sense that it would not prevent something like that from reoccurring. Then, yeah, it, it, it doesn't look good. And when I was on a call yesterday, uh, another one of these, and we were discussing other jurisdictions, and we note the the ascent of the United Arab Emirates. And they had similar reputational challenges. They were on a blacklist. I think they're still maybe on a gray list, depending on which gray list you're looking at. But they seem to be taking decisive steps to turn it around. Uh, you know, the oversight, even in the free zones, you, there's some reporting required all of a sudden, whereas historically there wasn't. Uh, the 9% corporate tax, I think. Yeah. The 9% corporate means that they're playing ball. They, you know, they, they're listening to what they're being told by, by OECD countries and banking because it, it's like a pairing, right? Uh, like, like, uh, like wine and your meal, you, you need to pair them together. And entity formation and banking are inextricably, inextricably linked. I'm sorry. And I note that the UAE banks are—they're perhaps overreacting, but they are trying hard to get their act together and and to be, you know, more mindful of the type of clients they're onboarding and so on. Now that stands in sharp contrast, and I'm, I'm sorry to draw the comparison, but I do think it's relevant. It stands in sharp contrast to what's going on in the Caribbean. There's been reputational slippage over the past few years. And then in tandem with that, we've seen press coverage of the exodus of banks, at least in the English speaking Caribbean, which is what we're talking about. So mainly Car uh, Canadian banks, and uh, you know, Scotiabank, Commerce, Royal Bank, they are heading in the opposite 
opposite direction rather than investing in woods they are packing up shop doing fire sales and they're running for the hills so uh, yes there's regulation I, and so i've said all that there's context right so yes there's regulation but uh I, I i don't mean to be too contentious but how useful would this regulation be if the intent is to nurture and grow a struggling offshore uh, financial services center well I think firstly, and, and maybe putting my, my my pride aside as a Caribbean practitioner, um, I would agree there has been some reputational slippage. But what I don't agree is with the, the, the legal arbitrage that has arisen. I've been in practice now 10 years. And what I what I can see comparatively between offshore and onshore is that the Caribbean is really a, a well-regulated and well-run um set of jurisdictions so take for example the bvi um the bvi has the boss system or the beneficial ownership search system which is disclosable only to um authorized persons and that sort of thing is replicated um throughout the eastern caribbean um in st vincent in particular you are not able to get information on a on the beneficial ownership of companies unless um, that information is requested either by court order or by um, an authorized law enforcement authority. Um, so we have moved away from being the traditional secrecy jurisdictions to one off, um, I would say, benevolent privacy. Um, and I think that is a fact that is not um, trumpeted more. Um, a lot of these assumptions and a lot of these um what i would term aspersions against caribbean jurisdictions are not grounded in much fact um, what it is grounded in in is feeling this is very emotive to say oh a billionaire is using a caribbean jurisdiction to stash money away and that's taking money away from hospitals and the rebuilding of roads and the feeding of small children in remote parts of an onshore country um, sympathetic as that argument may be, it's not bare, but borne out on the facts. And um, the many different, uh, more esteemed practitioners than I am, um, especially there's a chap in the BVI um, who's of Canadian extraction, and, and he has for the past, I think, 20 years or so, I've been following his, his writings, um, he has been consistent in demonstrating that the, the drum that most of these NGOs are banging is simply hollow and it is hollow because of the type of regulation and the type of capacity that exists on island and that is something that is demonstrated in CFATF reports, FATF reports, OECD reports um, but what it but but <laughs> conversely the EU doesn't seem to have that position and the EU COG um, seems to, to have a position that is purely political as opposed to empirical. And to, to come home to the crypto point, um, the feelings of a particular exchange as a result of the actions or the nefarious actions of a set of individuals, fraud is fraud. Um, that is individual responsibility. That is the misuse of the corporate form. Um, that is a deliberate crime. Now, you may say, well, why the Caribbean as opposed to elsewhere? 
Um, but that doesn't, that's not an empirical answer in my view, because in the Caribbean, we've had maybe what, two or three um, crypto exchanges failing versus um, crypto exchanges failing in the US, um, in the UK, <laughs> elsewhere in the Commonwealth world. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, financial failure is not something that is unique to the Caribbean. Um, financial fraud is not something that is unique to the Caribbean. Um, what seems to be unique is the type of press coverage. Um, what seems to be unique is the lack of a thorough investigative approach. And what seems to be unique is the description of the investigations and the outcome of those investigations by um, leading <laughs> leading newspapers and leading um, commentators. Um, look, let's get down, let's be frank. You come to the Caribbean because you want light touch regulation, you want the benefit of the climate and the location, and you want that cool factor. There's a reason why you come to the Caribbean, the Caribbean has been at the center of international finance and commerce um, since the days of slavery. That's how the Czech start got its popularity, the Bill of Sale, Lloyds of London, that's how they all got their popularity um, through the use of the Caribbean. So we're not um, a newcomer to international finance, um, but what we have been known for is the ability to stick to the rule of law. And that rankles certain, um, I would say, I would say left wing, but this is the political show. Uh, but um, it, 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 it disturbs certain, um, certain sectors of um, non-Caribbean society. So if you're a six, seven, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.